Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stegman, and with me, as always, is Noel Schmidt. <laughs> Don't get the, was it because I was dancing? You weren't going to let me introduce myself? Oh, I was doing it. Let's restart. Do it. No, we're going. We're doing it. I'm here, too. Oh, okay. Well, we're, yeah, you were dancing your ass I'm off. I'm doing a jig over here. I don't know why. You began the program dancing. It's so. because I listened to that song, and it's so... <laughs> I don't want to talk about what song it was, but I don't know why I'm dancing like this, but that oh song God. makes me really happy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jay Stark, <laughs> and with me, as always, is my pal... Noelle Schmidt. That's right. We host a show called High Spirits, <laughs> and uh, it is a show in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Uh, it might be time to say this. I don't know if we should. Uh, mm-hmm. Full disclosure, there might have been a little bit of um. We're a couple in. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've been uh we've been drinking a little. Hey Noel, who are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking. How would you pronounce this? Paringa. Paringa sparkling Shiraz. Add some bubbles to your red wine. Yeah, Paringa. It's delicious, you guys. Let me tell you. I got to open it. I got to, uh, it's like a champagne bottle. She made the pop. Boop. Paringa. Sparkle up your red. Um, I take, it's hard to find this. It's a sparkling Shiraz. It's a sparkling Shiraz. It's hard to find a sparkling red. Um, Benny's has a few different ones. This is the cheapest of them. Um. (laughs) Thank you, Benny's, for sponsoring High Spirits. And thank you for your low, low prices. (laughs) Yes. Which is still not as, you know, that cheap. But um, I always take a couple of bottles home with me because... Do you pay for them? I, maybe. Um, <laughs> no, Benny's and I have a very good relationship, and of course I pay for them. Okay. To the point where I learned today that I have spent so much time there that on my next trip I'll get $10 off. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Benny's. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will buy you um, a third of a wine you want. <laughs> if, um, I might go all out. Yes. Uh, uh, if you're not familiar, Benny's is a local Chicago liquor store that is, it's a, it's a liquor wholesaler. Yeah. I, I would say, uh, it's the Walmart of liquor stores. It's wonderful. And I don't shop at Walmart. I don't either. But, uh, so, but whenever I go home, I always take a couple bottles up to Wisconsin with me for my mom and a couple of my aunts who love it. Cause they can't find it down there. It's a big hit. Oh, it's delicious. It's a it's delish. A, it's a nice summer drink. Because we are in summer. Jay, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a uh, Crushinator. Crushinator! Yeah, it's a Session IPA from um, Maplewood. Um, and it is delic. And it's right here from Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, not far from here. No, it's great. and uh, well, They're on the north side, too. Mm-hmm. We're one street away from Maplewood, actually, as we speak. You want to give out the address to the ghost studio? Yeah, I would. It's 666 <laughs> West... Ghost Way. <laughs> West Satan Well. <laughs> Chicago, Illinois, 66666. <laughs> Good one. Um, <laughs> that's a callback to the last episode. Satan's Well. Satan's Well. <laughs> All right. Do we have business? Anything uh, to catch up on? I don't think we have business. And if we did have business, we would um, we would uh, report it to the IRS like reasonable people. <laughs> <laughs> she can't let it go. I can't let it she go. She can't let it go. Let it go. Um, I'm the Elliot Ness of uh, the ghosting world. <laughs> God. If you're cash only, I'm coming for your fucking ass. 
<laughs> Can I? Oh, I, I have to. I have to share this. Okay. So I picked Jay up uh, earlier, and I was listening to an episode of Last Podcast on the Left, where they uh, <gasps> yes. are oh, yes. referencing, or their the topic was Men in Black, not the movie, um, the alien, uh, the guys, the guys, the guys that erase your um, memory, memory, and they're yeah, they're they're related alien to alien alien stuff. Yes. So I actually like they say they say something as I'm like turning onto J Street and I see her and I'm like pause rewind and she gets in the car and I was like y'all don't say anything and y'all. what and what happened I lost my mind <laughs> because she pushes play and I'm like oh yeah these guys by the way they're fine they just they're loud I love them yeah they're an acquired taste for they're sure great. they're great they're right. just like they're loud and yeah I think they're great. Anyway, go on. So <laughs> they're talking about uh, the men in black and they start uh, talking maybe about like um, uh, uh, time crime, blah, blah, blah. Well, first they reference uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who is my uncle's mentor. Yeah. Which they've talked about a couple times and I was like, mentor. Yeah. Dr. So Hynek. all of a sudden I hear the words, the three words I like most in the world. <laughs> Joshua P. Warren. And, like, Noelle looks straight at me, and she goes, right? And I'm like, right? She actually melted oh, into the seat. I had to God. her off. Yeah, I melted in the seat. It was crazy. <laughs> you guys, the back of my thighs are still in your car. <laughs> so Joshua P. Warren is, like, my my ghost conference bay. He believes that the men in black are time cops. I met him in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um... And he's so weird (laughs) (laughs) and so cool and so smart. And, uh, you might remember this is several episodes back. Uh, Noel and I went, we, we talked about a different, I've been to three ghost conferences, but anyway, but we were talking about one of the ghost conferences I went to with her and I basically was acting like Joshua, Joshua P. Warren's bitch. Like I was like, he said, jump. I said, how high? And at one point, Noah had to like pull me to the side. And she's like, you look stupid. <laughs> you just went and got him a water. And I was like, what is wrong with I you? I fully did in front of a group of people. Like I was like, I was like walking up and down the aisle and handing him bottles of water. It was crazy. It was weird. And I was like, this is not who we are. No, I'm going to go sit in the corner and drink my beer while that guy turns down the lights and talks about orbs. And then we fall asleep. And then we fall asleep. <laughs> They turned off the lights. Come on. But I like what they were talking about. I mean, I thought yeah. it was really fascinating. Right. I, I actually would be all about it. So that was cool. Um, which, anyway, hi, Joshua. Hi. Uh, well, and Keep I, wearing your stupid hats. I, I bring it up. I say these things to hurt you so I don't follow you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the right way to do it. Um, right? My shrink would be like, don't sabotage love. And I'd be like, you don't know me. <laughs> What is love, really? I don't need it. You know what, Joshua? I hurt before I get hurt. It's just a pattern. I think, that's, I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah. That's that's definitely, I think, how I go about it, too. Yeah. Don't fall hurt first. <laughs> know what it's going to feel like if you... Yeah. Anyway, um, I bring up the Men in Black because it's somewhat uh, parallel to what I'd like to talk about today, Jay. Ooh, like a parallel universe? Nope. Just kind of like falls in the same category, sort of, but not really. Okay, so it's a segue that is nonsensical. No, no, not so much. (laughs) 
so we've talked we've we've talked about uh, pieces of this before. Uh huh. Um, but we haven't talked about the genre. Oh. Before, so I think that it's really time that we dive into cryptozoology. Snapping, 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 Oh, cryptozoology! You are speaking my language. Yes. So, cryptozoology, if you are not familiar, is a pseudoscience. <laughs> this is how it's described on several websites and on Wikipedia. It is a pseudoscience. I mean, it's a pseudoscience and subculture that aims to prove the existence of entities from the folklore record and animals that are considered to be extinct. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, many of these entities are referred to as cryptids. Um, it's not considered a branch of zoology or <laughs> folkloristics, and it's often compared to ghost hunting and ufology. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man, cryptozoology! What what a jam of mine. <laughs> what a what a thing. We've had we've had a little bit of experience. Now we have. Uh, uh, we met a friend. We met a friend. But may I before this, I just have something to not complain about necessarily, but um. I just want to get this off my chest. You got something stuck in your craw. I got it. I got it. I, I, have, I, have, I have a little thing in my craw. Um, the same people, because there are shows like the Bigfoot Show on television. Yes. Yes. There are people in the world, not in the world. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna take that back, and I'm gonna say America, because America right now we're in a fight. But uh, there are people in America that believe... We're mad at you, America. That Bigfoot... We're mad at you, United States of America. Never you, Canada. Never you. Never you. We like you. Uh, that there are people in this country that believe in Bigfoot, but don't believe in co- in climate change. Correct. Like, <laughs> what? We're going to get to that. Oh, we're going to get to that? Because it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. I'm eating goldfish, by the way. Yeah, you are. I'm so hungry. We're super unhinged. I really... <laughs> I really hope this goes down in history as the stupidest, drunkest episode. Oh! <laughs> What's that about? Everything's fine. Oh my god, that tree is dying over there. <laughs> Tell them what you just did. I adjusted myself and almost tipped over the table in the ghost studio. Everything's fine. No drinks were spilled. No that, mics were dumped. First of all, that was simultaneously <laughs> the most aggressive thing I actually I saw this whole thing like falling and the fact that You're you did it once again no you did it once again you didn't spill a drop I know do you have a bruise I'm it's gonna hurt later Dude. I knocked my knee pretty good <laughs> but do you see that tree is dying right there out the window <laughs> okay well so I, I I wanted to stretch out why are you bringing that closer to you because I want to stretch out because I'm lazy don't gesture. I can't, I can't not. Well, then you have to move your... It's fine. Everything's good here. All right. We're good. I'm going to... You know I'm going to rotate and switch my position at least five times because I can't sit still ever. Yes, that's true. My people at work must think I'm... They must hate being in meetings We should me try to go... I can't not move. On a silent meditative retreat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It wouldn't... I couldn't... Although I might... I couldn't go with you. I couldn't go with me. That'd be fun. <laughs> I couldn't go with me. We'll go alone together. <gasps> yes, let's go alone together. That's our favorite thing. <laughs> we take trips like that. Yeah, I think okay. no except, one I've told except you. Except in LA. 
Yes, in LA we're too, but we've taken... No, I mean, because you have too much fun and I'm working. Three trips alone together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Madison, Vegas, and LA. Yeah? No? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Ooh, can I go to New Orleans with you alone? <laughs> you don't have to ask. <laughs> Uh, okay, yes. so cryptozoology. Cryptozoology was founded in the 1950s by a couple of zoologist pals, colleagues named Bernard Huvelmans and Ivan T. Sanderson. Uh, they were, oh shoot, I didn't put where they're from. I'm waving my hands. <laughs> I think they're Dutch, but I don't, you know I get screwed up with sure. Dutch, Danish, no. Uh, <laughs> one or the other. I think I think they're from that area. I mean, Hovelmans. Okay. Okay. Hovelmans published On the Track of Unknown Animals in 1955, which became kind of like... The, the tome. Yes. To all of the uh, cryptozoologist fans. And that is just on the heels of Origin of the Species? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was... But that was 50... One? I'm gonna look that up. Look you, that up. You keep talking. I feel like that was 1951. Um, but there was a lot. There was a lot being uh, so cryptozoology uh, has a lot in common with um, regular yeah um, uh, evolution. Yeah, like the or study. Not, yeah, yeah. Um, a good. That's a good call out. Um, Sanderson published a series of books that assisted in developing hallmarks of cryptozoology, including Origin of the. I'm so sorry. Origin of the Species, 1859. Oh, I was totally wrong. Okay. Um, including Abominable Snowmen, yes. Legend Come to Life, in 1961. Hoovelman's credits the There term, are people who believe in yetis, but don't believe in climate change. I'll stop. <laughs> Hoovelman's credits the term cryptozoology to Sanderson, which, that's nice. I, I appreciate that. I he like gave that. that to him. Yeah. Uh, the term cryptid was coined by... Uh, a fellow by the name of J.E. Wall in 1983, a cryptid is a living thing having the quality of being hidden or unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Few cryptozoologists, in case you weren't aware or, or had any doubt, few cryptozoologists have formal science education. <laughs> Other than Hoovelmans and the aforementioned Hoovelmans and Sanderson. They just have belief, and belief is really important. I actually went onto a website today that uh, said how to become a cryptozoologist. Uh, how take do you... this quiz? I didn't. I didn't. I had. I had had enough at God. this point. Wait, do we want to tell the story of the cryptozoologist that we met? Sure. Um, so I think we've. I think very reference very before. early on in, in, in the yes. high spirits. Um, episodology <laughs> we were uh we mentioned this but Noel and I were at a uh ghost conference and it I was, was the same one it was the same with one with Joshua, Joshua P. Warren. Yeah. I was so excited um that there was a real life cryptozoologist there and she seemed very buttoned up and she seemed like fucking normal right she seemed like she should. She seemed like a an old librarian. Yes, like she had it together, and I was like, she's very soft spoken. Yep. So I was thinking to myself, uh, and by the way, looks are deceiving, right? Whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But I was thinking to myself, like, okay, this person, right, seems very bright, is very articulate, and she's she's got cryptozoology like 
down. Yeah. So I'm very excited, and we're talking to her. And initially, she's super excited to meet me and Noel, and that goes away really fast. I'm, <laughs> I don't mean to be, but I'm kind of obnoxious, right? But I don't mean to be. Because I get really excited about these things. Right. And so, so the conversation started about werewolves. And Noelle, what do we call them? Upright canines. They are upright canines. They are not actually werewolves in the world of... Where who? <laughs> Where no. <laughs> Cryptozoology says upright canines. Upright canines. And we know this because of the... Uh, Bipeds. Uh, the hips. Yeah. They have the special bone in the hips. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm hearing all of this, and apparently they have, they can uh, run rapidly on all fours, but they also have like a like a hip joint that allows them to stand upright, which yes. is why they are upright canines. Correct. Okay, great. Cool. So I <laughs> say yeah. to the woman, that is incredible, because at this point I believe her, because why not? And I'm like, that's incredible. Um, do you have fossils? She's like, um, I'm, we were talking about like now I was like, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Do you have bones? Do you have, do you have like bone yeah. evidence? Remnants. And she said, no. I was like, oh, so how do you know about the hip flexor, hip flexor yeah. joint or hinge? Right. And she's like, well, that's just what we believe. And I was like, okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> so you don't have any bones. And she said again, she's like, No. And I might have made a mistake of calling them fossils again, because I think she was thinking of dinosaurs. You, kept, you, did, you did say fossils multiple times, and she kept getting confused by that. Yeah, she was very confused. But what I meant was, like, evidence to uh, a living creature. We'd leave skeletal remains. Right. So then, like, we, we keep talking, and I'm like, I'm like, but clearly you've, you've uh, uh, found, like, a decomposing upright canine, and you've been in the room with one. She's right. like, no. <laughs> and I was like... Hold up. Listen, lady. So the the point of the point of no no return was this, and then she she basically was like, "I said good day, sir." I was like, "Well, tell me about scat." She was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Upright canine poo." <laughs> she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Hold." I was like, "Everyone knows if you're going to track an animal, the first thing you do is you track their poo." Right. So you have no bones. You have no corpses, no bones, and no poo. Case closed. Yeah. She's and like, she kind of, like, turned basically away walked from away. Us. She basically <laughs> turned away from us and had no more to say. Um, but she did know about... Uh, Hogsback Pete. Hogsback Pete, who is oh, yeah, the exactly. goat man of Holy Hill, my hometown. And she knew about the... Uh, oh, she corrected me, because I was like, there was a Bigfoot sighting there, too. And she was like, it's... I think she said it was a... She said it wasn't a Sasquatch, it was a Yeti. Oh. And I was like, that can't be because Yetis are in the Himalayas yeah. and they're snow people. But she kept correcting me on it. And I was like, listen, lady. She did. Yeah. She was full of confidence and no knowledge. She knew my uncle, though. She did. Um, which Jay had to ask. He is not a cryptozoologist. He's not. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so they're not, many of them uh, do not have formal science education, just to go back to that. Um, but they like to credit Professor Roy McCall, PhD, as one of their leading figures and one of the few with a doctorate in biology. Oh. Uh, others that have an academic background are Grover Krantz, Carl Schuker, and Richard Greenwell. Oh, Richard Greenwell. Yeah. I like to party with that guy. Who doesn't? Yeah. 
Uh, in Satan's well. <laughs> Greenwell in Satan's well. All right. Cryptozoologists may consider any figure from folklore to be a cryptid, um, the, which uh, comes from the Greek word meaning hide. The Oxford Dictionary defines the noun cryptid as an animal whose existence or survival to the present day is disputed or unsubstantiated. Any animal of interest in, uh, to cryptozoologists. Wow, there have been attempts to codify cryptozoology approaches, unlike biologists, zoologists, botanists, and other academic disciplines. However, there are no accepted uniform or successful methods of pursuing cryptids. No, they don't give no fucks. Like you just said. They literally, like, don't know the first thing. Yeah. That um, said, boy, I wish they'd find some. I, I Right. A couple episodes ago, we talked about um, that scientist's... <laughs> Who was super interested in finding mermaids. Right. Do you remember that? <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. An actual scientist, like, right. not a cryptozoologist, well, but. Mermaids and mermen are considered to be, uh, like, on the list cryptids. of. Cryptids. Yeah. yeah. So, according to anthropolo uh, anthropologist Jeb J. Card, cryptozoologists frame most uh, cryptids as the subject of. In Indigenous le legends typically collected in the heyday of comparative folklore, though such legends may be heavily modified or worse. Cryptozoology's complicated mix of, of sympathy, interest, and appropriation of indigenous culture or non-indigenous construction of it is also found in New Age circles and dubious quote-unquote Indian burial grounds and other legends invoked in hauntings such as the Amityville hoax. Oh, yes. Now, in 2003, the fossil remains of Homo, I don't know if you remember this, Homo uh, florensiensis was discovered and cited by uh, paleontologist Henry Gee, who has become very involved in the cryptozoologist world. Um, this was, this the remains um, were, ooh, sorry. <laughs> Bumped into the table again. <laughs> He's known as the Flores Man or the Hobbit. It was like the small, like, um, I can't remember where it was, but like the small, like, pygmy people. They found, oh, like, yeah, Do you yeah. remember that? There's been so many hoaxes over time. But this is, like, believed that these guys are, like, proof that... This is like their proof, basically. Yeah. That they're saying, look, we found this. That means there's so many other things out there that sure. we don't know about. Um, they don't believe in climate change. <laughs> but they find one hobbit. One hobbit with hairy feet. <laughs> and, and they're super willing just to, like, throw money at it. That's all. They're surprisingly well-funded. They're very well-funded. Um, so there's a man by the name of George M. Eberhardt. Hey. He's a cryptozoologist. Hey, George. He uh, classifies 10 types of mystery animals under the cryptozoological umbrella. Mm -hmm. Number one, distribution anomalies. Known animals reported outside their normal range. Uh, for example, the anomalous big cats of the UK. What? I don't know. Number two, undescribed, unusual, or outsized variations of known species. Mothman. 
the giant anacondas reported from the Amazonia oh, okay. or the spotted lions in East Africa. But wait, that so not they're crypto. like they're like just big things. Oh, okay. Giant squid, maybe could yeah, be. Yeah, but that's regular zoology. I know, I know. I hate these people. Number three, survivals of recently extinct species. Uh, the ivory-billed woodpecker, presumed extinct in 1960. The Tasmanian tiger, declared extinct in 1936. But these are real. These were real animals that were claimed to be extinct, but they're saying they're still around. Right. So they're putting them under their umbrella. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop talking. Or the stellar sea cow, presumed extinct in ni- 1768. The stellar sea cow? Stellar's sea cow. I think that's like a manatee. I was going to say that's yeah. a manatee. Yeah. Uh, survivals of species known only from fossil from the fossil record into modern times. The Mokili, oh, now we're willing to use the word fossil. Yeah. The Mokili Mbembe of Central Africa, sometimes described as a living dinosaur. <laughs> there are also lingerlings or survivals of species known from the fossil record, which uh, much later into historical times than currently thought. Uh, like the woolly mammoth, presumed extinct in 12,000 BCE, but occasionally purported to have survived into later eras. So, like, these, some of the stuff, they're just stretching. Sure. Animals not known from fossil records, but related to known species, like the Andean wolf or the striped manta ray, reported by William Beebe in the 1930s. Dumb. Um, animals known, not known from the fossil record or related to any known species, such as the North American Bigfoot or most sea See, this, I think we can get rid of most sea serpents. Most sea serpents. I think we can get rid of everything before that because actually those are, they can fall under zoology. There are lingering species. There are species that well, and they're are rel- presumed to be extinct and they're not. But, and they also have like some type of like relation to but, other But like made up shit. Yeah. It's made up shit. And that's what the last one was. That's what this like, one sea is. Sea creatures. Sea creatures. Also mythical animals with a zoological basis, like the griffin, partly inspired by dinosaur fossils in, of Central Asia. Now, the griffin is what? A lion serpent? It's a lion serpent, and it's a it's a, a lion head on, like, an eagle's body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With right, a serpent's right. tongue. And I, I think, think it has, something. like, lion's paws, too. I think at one point I put some, a picture of that on the on our Facebook Maybe it's a lion's body with eagle's wings. It flies. <laughs> um, seemingly paranormal or supernatural entities with some animal-like characteristics like the oh, Mothman, oh. black dogs, or some fairies from folklore. Mm-hmm. Known hoaxes or probable misidentifications like the jackalope. Huh. And <laughs> we all know the jackalope as an antlered rabbit. Um, additionally, Eberhardt argues for six exclusions from classification as a cryptid. Uh, insignificance. Cryptids must be big, weird, dangerous, or significant to humans in some way. What? <laughs> Lack of controversy. Someone needs to observe a mystery animal and someone else needs to discredit the sighting. Oh my god. Cryptozoologists function as interventionists between witnesses and skeptical scientists. So this is just like snake eating its tail. For sure. It has to be controversial, is yeah. what you're saying. That's so yes. fucking dumb. What a dork. Erratics, the out-of-place alligator that turns up in an odd spot, undoubtedly through human agency, is not a zoological mystery. We know. Bizarre humans, 
like zombies or vampires. Okay. Angels or demons. The paranormal or supernatural on, is admitted only if it has an animal shape, a were- so like a, a werewolf sighting, which might involve a real dog or wolf, or a mystery canid, and aliens, unless such extraterrestrials. Oh, wait, are they doing... Are aliens under the category of cryptozoology now? No, no, no. This is the, these are the exclusions. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Uh, aliens, unless such extraterrestrials arrived a long time ago and thus classify <laughs> as residents. <laughs> Show me your papers. Thank you, uh, Mr. Eberhardt. George M. Eberhardt. Now, if you go on to... That's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty good. If you go on to uh, Wikipedia... There is a page just uh, dedicated to the, a list of cryptids. Oh, my God. Here are some highlights. Appalachian Black Panther, which is a large black felid. Beast of Busco. It's a turtle or reptile or dinosaur. Good old Bigfoot slash Sasquatch. A hominid or other primate. The Chupacabra. Oh, the Chups. Brazilian or Portuguese for goat sucker. Uh, the dingo neck, which is a jungle walrus. What the fuck? A walrus or otherwise tusked water animal that reportedly lives in the heart of Africa. That feels good. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just put a flag in the uh, ground right here and say I like that one. Jungle walrus. Uh huh. Jungle walrus. <laughs> jungle walrus. Uh, there's the Enfield monster of Enfield, Illinois. Oh, we did this one. Yeah, this guy has uh, three legs, short body, two little short arms with claws, grayish epidermis, and a big reddish eyes. That's right. We did that. Remember? We did do that one. Oh, my God. Um, there's also the, this is this one I love, the flying rod. <laughs> what? Which I think we've talked about before. The flying rod is a sky fish. Or a rod. Oh, dude, I don't know if sky skyfish or uh, jungle walrus better. <laughs> skyfish. Skyfish. Or sky squid. I like skyfish. Flying rod. Uh, there's also the, this. This is amazing. The ghost deer, which is a large deer supposedly impervious to bullets, which is basically most deer to hunters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they didn't get drunk all day in their tree stands. I don't know. It was a ghost deer. Ghost deer. Ghost deer. Of course, there is the goat man. Uh, the Kraken, if you are familiar with... Um, uh, yes, please. The Odyssey. Homer's the Odyssey. The good old the Kraken, which is a sea animal. Uh, there's Momo the Monster, uh, which also known as the Missouri Monster, which is a primate, which I think is just like an ape that's probably like escaped from the, the zoo. Momo! Momo! Um, like Coco, does it know sign language? <laughs> oh, Coco. Coco, pour one out. Poor Coco. Not poor Coco. That was like a 50-year-old ape, dude. I know, but beloved. Beloved. Totally beloved, but like 30 years older than most girls. I saw, uh, that's true. I saw, like, I think CNN had the headline that was like, Coco, the ape who learned sign language and loved kittens, dead at 50. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> That's a good run. <laughs> and also... I just love that description. Kittens. <laughs> loved and kittens. loved kittens. <laughs> I wonder if Coco... This is very existential, but like, bear with me for just a moment. Yeah. If, like, Coco, like a lot of humans, let's say, loved kittens, but wasn't quite sold on cats. 
<laughs> Cute when they're young, but then you know, right. they get a little older. Right. Like, hmm. It's probably. I wonder if they just kept serving. That's them. probably true. They gave Coco like a kitten and then took it away six months later and gave him a new kitten. <gasps> I bet that is what happened. <sighs> lover of kittens. <gasps> what if it means that he was like a lover of kittens? No, that's not okay. Not Coco. <laughs> no, Coco. No. No, you're too big for that kitten. <laughs> There's the, uh... It's just a kitten. Oh, stop it. That's so awful. You get so grossed out. Well, they're kittens. They're underage. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're underage. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I know. I saw your face. <laughs> they're like, Jay, stop it. I'm like... <laughs> Not okay. Honestly, I'm just living in the world of make-believe, but I'm like, Coco's just like, hey. Stop it. <laughs> the Mongolian death worm. <laughs> What? No. It's a worm-like animal. Thank you. Of course, there are the uh, reptilians, the lizard people. Oh! Which may or may not be connected to... Extraterrestrials. The greys. Yeah. yeah. So, there's a connection right. here. Yeah. We'll talk about the greys someday. That I'm willing to talk about. We'll talk about... about yeah. We'll go into all that stuff, which kind of, like, steps a little bit outside of the paranormal uh, or the ghost world, but... We gotta do it. Sometimes. Sometimes. I like your sigh of, uh... Resign. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, guys? We don't want to, but we have to talk about it. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm required to. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite. The Snallygaster, which is located in the hills surrounding D.C., Frederick County, Maryland, and West Virginia. What? It's a dragon-like beast. No. The earliest incarnations mixed the half-bird features of a siren with the nightmarish features of demons and ghouls. The Snallygaster, which is not a terrifying name in any way, nope. was described as half-reptile, half-bird, with a metallic beak lined with razor-sharp teeth, occasionally with octopus-like te- tentacles. Ooh. This thing... Sounds gross. ...is awesome. Yeah. Snallygaster. Why is there not a band called that? Maybe there is. There probably is. Snallygaster. They haven't done it. It's probably like a folk band who only plays like (laughs) pop bellies at noon. Damn it. (laughs) That's so disappointing. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. We're Snallygaster. (laughs) Um, Most of our songs are super political. But we want to start off with just a quick uh, uh, acoustic... Acoustic, uh, Jimmy Buffett, uh, <sighs> medley. <laughs> That's so disappointing. They just do it real slow. Um, wasted away again in Margarita And then it blends into <laughs> cheeseburger in paradise. Right. Paradise. All right. Uh, and finally, um, there are many more. Again, this is just a reminder. These are just the highlights. These are the hits. <laughs> um, of course, the Yeti or Abominable Snowman, who is a primate that lives in the Himalayas, which, if you've watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer... Which I have, yeah. Which I have, and as an adult now, I realize how sexist that movie is. Um, but still like it. That movie? I know, I know. Sorry. There's one point. All movies? There's one point. The only movie that's not sexist is 9 to 5. Sure. There's one point where uh, something's happening. 
I don't know. There's something happening outside of the ghost studio. It sounds like there's a police presence. <laughs> there's, there's for sure a police presence. Yeah. Hold on. I'm you want to look out the window? Uh, Is that, Are they coming to save that dead tree? <laughs> uh, not sure what I'm looking you at. You guys are hearing it live right now. Yeah. I don't know. We're looking. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Okay. Well, everything's fine. Cool. All right. Yeah, there's one point in Rudolph where... <laughs> Rudolph's missing, and the girlfriend, I think her name is, like, Clarice, Patrice, something East. She, she wants to go save him, or find him, and they're basically like, no, you can't go, you're a woman. And she's like, okay, and then just, like, she runs away. Yeah. Goes, they're like, back in the cave with you, woman. The end. Oh. And that's when I was like, ugh, Rudolph. But anyway, in Rudolph... I'm glad after that movie, though, sexism was solved. If we worked it all out. Everybody's paid equally. Mm-hmm. Um, we all live uniformly. Hey, remember Tootsie? Oh. Fixed everything, too. That sure did. Thanks, Dustin. Thanks, Jessica Lange. Hmm. Okay. But my point is, is that the Obama... Gina Davis was in that. <laughs> Should we go through the list? No. Maybe Gene Hackman? Cindy Pollock, for sure. Hey, but Gina Gina Davis has that uh, wonderful uh, group now for women leaders. She's doing great work for ladies and young women. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Gina Davis. Thank you, Gina Davis. Thank you for listening to the show. (laughs) Your emails are inspiring. Thank you. (laughs) Also, looking good, Gina Davis. Um, Also, Gina Davis, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm just, you're right. I'm sorry. That was a dick move. <laughs> yes. It's only because she got so much criticism for a while, and I think she's wonderful. Yeah. Anyway. She's the Eleanor Roosevelt of actors. You know, earlier when you were saying that um, people who uh, believe in cryptozoology don't believe in um, climate change? Yeah. Do you know why? <laughs> okay. Tell me. It's because there is a subset of cryptozoology rejecting conventional science in favor of biblical interpretation and promoting concepts such as living dinosaurs. They are young earth creationists. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can't see me, but I've just put a blanket over my face. Everybody, 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 whatever. Keep going. Everybody, 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 everybody. I just want to not even go to this part. Because it's going to upset all of us. <laughs> Everybody here. Let's just take a minute to like take in some deep breaths. Okay. Anticipate what I'm about to say. Okay. Science writer Sharon Hill claims this segment of cryptozoology is well-funded and able to conduct expeditions with the goal of finding a living dinosaur. Here's what pisses me off about this. What a waste of money. Yeah. What a, go find a Komodo dragon. You're done. Go to a pet store. You're done. There it is. There, there is your living dinosaur. See a bird. Done. Done. We've all seen Jurassic Park. We know that they come from birds. Thanks, Sam Neill. <laughs> okay. He played the guy. Yeah, no, I know. I just, I felt like you said it in a really aggressive way. Like, what would Sam Neill have to say? That you'd be like, you're welcome. I don't know if that's. I love Sam Neill. Yeah, who doesn't? But that, oh. that really seemed. <laughs> I'm just very angry about I'm this. I'm just saying from like a Meisner's perspective, it's a very hard thing to react to because I'm not sure what the... Like, How dare you throw Meisner at me right now? Okay. 
<laughs> okay, everybody. Um, I'm not mad at you, Samuel. I think you're wonderful. Um, I just, I it upsets me because these are the folks that have the Creationist Museum. And where is that? It's in Kentucky, Kentucky. I think. Yeah. yeah. We just talked about Kentucky. Yeah. We'll I mean, go... where else would it be? Like, how? how... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, and there is there is a spot in Tennessee, I believe, where there are the dinosaur caves. Sure. And there's that Jesus uh, Disney World in um, Orlando. Oh, the Holy Land experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you get to see. Okay. All right. Hey, do you mind doing uh, a pausey pause? No, I don't. Stand by. Stand by. Okay. So, creationists, our buddies have basically embraced cryptozoology because they hope that it will disprove evolution. So, yay. Let me explain the silence. Uh, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, uh, Noel and I were both shaking our heads and taking a drink. <laughs> so, go on. We've just abandoned this episode because we're just enraged. I'm just going to be over here eating goldfish. Real live goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> Enlarged crypto goldfish. <laughs> They're black spotted, <laughs> bubbly eyed goldfish. Controversial. Never been seen before. Mm-hmm. I have to get rid of the evidence so we can <laughs> prove that evolution is real. Anyway, just kidding. JK, I hate fish, the food to eat. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Now, Jay, you're probably thinking to yourself, yeah, but why would anybody criticize cryptozoology? Nobody out there is questioning if this is a real thing, right? Yeah, I would. I would. I, that's exactly what I would wonder. Why would someone criticize something like that? Well, here's some of the criticism that cryptozoology has uh, met. (laughs) Now at the beginning, I did start by saying that it's a pseudoscience. Hmm. So anyway, uh, so here are what some real scientists who have actual um, science degrees. Nerds. Nerds. They don't let people have nice things, but let's see what they have Here's to say. Here's what they have to say. New species are discovered by field and museum zoologists every year. Yes. Every day, in fact. <laughs> it's happening all the time. Here's the thing. If you've ever been to the Field Museum in Chicago, it's a very, very large building. Yeah. But the actual museum part of it is quite small. Um, because there are so many, um, well, there's a whole education wing where they actually take kids and they do all of this stuff with them and like their field trip classrooms and, um, there's an auditorium. There's a lot of stuff that happens in a, a big part of that museum. And then downstairs is all research. Like the basement part is all research. They have so many spots in that place. I know this firsthand because I, um, my company partnered with the field for a little bit. And whenever we wanted to store things there, they would be like, there's no room. And I would say, but you have this entire museum. And they were, then they would immediately be like, we can't, everything is like every square space is being used for research purposes. So there are people looking at this stuff and looking at these fossils and digging up this stuff. And it like on on the regular, that is their job to find this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I'm getting upset again. <laughs> <sighs> 
Every day we're finding new species. Also, they're not actual scientists. <laughs> Cryptozoologists? Yeah. Yeah. That's another that's another criticism. In fact, they don't like scientists because they ran on the parade. They don't, and it's because, like you said before, they don't have actual evidence, which is the next criticism, which you also mentioned. There's no, fo- there are no fossils, there are no remains, there are no footprints, there are no remnants, there, are, there aren't hair dropping, there or there aren't like all the things that a living creature would leave behind. Listen, my kid has two books called "Who Pooped in the Park." One is from the Smoky Mountains, and one is from some other mm-hmm. national park, and it goes through the different animals that are that you can find in the park and how you can track them through yeah. their scat and their scratchings and their hair, like the, the hair that they leave Oh, behind. I didn't even talk about scratchings with that one chick, but yeah, but all, scra- all those things. Like, this is laid out in this book. Your six-year-old could have a better conversation than I had with that zoologist. Like, Absolutely. But where are their nails? <laughs> right, they leave things behind. We as human beings leave be- things behind. I'm dropping hair at all times. Yeah, you just cut your toenails during this episode. It's I had It had to be done. <laughs> <laughs> you had to play the guitar later. <laughs> I'm learning how to play the guitar. <laughs> With my feet. That's how you do it, right? Yeah, that's nice. um, it makes it easier when you put it in your hands. I'll tell you that. I, I don't know. I think this is very comfortable. <laughs> Standing on it. <laughs> anyway, th- 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 but the, but that's the thing is that, like, Nobody can come up with any of the stuff. I watched about as long as I could of a documentary today called Discovering Bigfoot on Netflix, which you can watch. There, I, I haven't listed all of the different documentaries, shows, whatever, because it's very easy to find this stuff. They're all over the place. Just type in Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. We didn't even talk about the Loch Ness Monster, but Nessie is definitely part of this. Mm -hmm. And I wholeheartedly believe that the Loch Ness Monster is a real thing. There are pictures. There's proof. That guy is out there. Sea serpent. I do. There was one that came out recently, actually. (laughs) Didn't I show it to you? I was all over it. Where you see... I've been there... You see, like the and it, it, here's the tough part too. We live in the era era of Photoshop, so it's very easy for yeah. people to like manipulate these photos. That said, we also live in the era of every single person on Earth on their phone. Sorry, yeah, on their phone has a camera, mm-hmm. and so Photoshop aside, you'd think if everybody, I mean, on a daily basis, there are thousands of people that visit Loch Ness, and they still haven't gotten. An, a good picture. Yeah. I mean, here, here's, here's what I would say. I'm not anti Loch Ness monster. What I'm anti is like three photos from the 1950s that look super doctored. Yeah. Versus, um, I gotta find that one versus like, I don't know. Someone stood out there for five days with their iPhone. Uh, they probably could get a good shot. Right. If in fact that, I don't know. It basically looks like a brontosaurus underwater, and we know what happened with the brontosaurus, so whatever. But maybe the maybe maybe the water is preserving preserving it. I mean, listen, the sea is 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 filled. I mean, like that's this like is, cryptozoology. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like a big sea snake. Yeah, I mean, but, but there are but big long. sea snakes. It's long, but this is a big one. Yeah, but they're. 
Let me have this one. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, like, the C is, is, I mean... Yeah, this one's from 1934. Yeah, of course. The, um, I mean, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving because we haven't been able to explore it because we can't get down that far as human beings. So we have to send, you know, cameras, etc. because we can't survive... I mean, it is a great frontier. And what we find out, like with lack of sun um, or lack of, uh, you know, green vegetation, how fucking weird those animals are. Right. Incredibly weird. And I would say incredibly scary. I mean, we don't need to make things up. We got scary shit. Eight sightings of the Loch Ness Monster in 2017. All right. All right. Anyway. So. But like. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. Uh, but it's something, but like, there's not a lot of proof and that's the problem with this. And like, I, you know, I, I think it's fair to say animals or, you know, beings leave things behind wherever we go. That's like forensic science is such a big thing now because people leave prints or there, you know, are, there's so many ways to track things now. And the fact that these folks can't produce anything is very problematic by the way i'm gonna parenthetically insert they would rather not they would no which i think is the most problematic part which goes along with like the creationists uh as well because everything's based on belief and faith and 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 i hate to be that guy but it's like or that lady but it's like listen you know we we need some type of evidence and, and you, you just can't take this stuff on faith all the time. So I watched this documentary. Ugh, it was rough. By this guy named uh, Todd Standing, who is um, a Canadian fellow with a very pleasant Canadian uh, accent. And after this, Jay, I'm going to show you the first five minutes because you have to experience mm. the first five minutes of Todd Standing in uh, camel clothing and wearing like the the moss stuff over him and jumping out of trees from behind trees. No. It's amazing. But he... Don't make me. He... His thing is actually, like, he wants to protect them, and so he... He wants to, number one, prove the existence of Bigfoot. Number two, he wants to make sure that he is protected and that nobody's going to go out and hunt and shoot him. So... So he has borderline personality disorder. So, in 2007... (laughs) With symptoms of grandiose uh, behavior. A man by the name of Mike Lake, who is a member of Parliament from Edmonton, Alberta, agreed to introduce a petition that called for Bigfoot to be protected under Canadian Endangered the Canadian Endangered Species Act. He uh, the petition was driven by Todd Standing, uh, who is the, the director and uh, creator of the documentary Discovering Bigfoot, which you can watch on Netflix. 500 people signed the petition. Uh, it was eventually tabled and a large embarrassment to Lake. Um, however, there are some protections in place. There are protections granted for Canadian mon- monsters Memphor of uh, Quebec's Lake Memphra Magog and Caddy of British Columbia's Cad- Cadborough Bay. Champ the lake monster said to inhabit Lake Champlain is protected officially by the New York State Assembly and the Vermont Legislature. Hmm. Um, and this is just 
an amazing, so this is, this was written, so I got this from an article written by, um, a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Radford and, uh, on the website lifescience.com. And I, Ben, Benjamin Radford has written books about cryptozoology, cryptozoology and is like involved. But what he says is no one has ever injured or killed a creature not known to exist. Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot and lake monsters are no more in need of legal protection than are leprechauns or dragons. Yeah. Well done, Benjamin. Clap it, clap, clap. Now, he, so, yeah, this documentary is just, in, it's it's incredible. And then basically he's just trying to, like, f- he's trying to put together evidence, and he's he sometimes thinks he has it where he's like, I put these three apples out, and you can see, like, here one just, like, moves away. And he's like, you know, I'm putting these apples out, and every time I go back to find them the next morning, they're gone. And it's like, well, of course, because there are deer, there are raccoons, there are, like, bears, there are all these things that live in the Alberta forest that are eating these apples, Todd. (laughs) So, it's a lot. Any hoozle. Um, (laughs) If you're still interested in cryptozoology and you'd like to join, here are some fun places you could sign up. There's the Center of Fortean Zoology in the UK. There is the International Fortean Organization in the US. What is that word you're saying? Fortean? F-O-R-T-A-N. I didn't look it up. Oh, okay. I didn't take the time. No, that's fine. I just was like, what? Are you saying 14? 14. Is it 14? No, I just... I, I Fortean. Uh, which is... Uh, relating to or denoting paranormal phenomena. Oh. Um, the, the International Society of Cryptozoology, unfortunately, um, has shut down as of 1998, so you can't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> if you are in Russia, there's also the Cosmo I am Poisk. often with my pal, Vladimir Putin. That guy. Big meeting today. Mm-hmm. Uh... That is a Russian organization whose interests include cryptozoology and uh, ufology. Hmm. So, I listen, I love the idea of Bigfoot, and I think that there's maybe a possibility that that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. But again, haven't seen it. Don't. He's not, I mean, if he if he is leaving things, he's very good at cleaning up after himself. Yeah, for sure. No, listen, <clears throat> during this episode, I have been the uh, biggest critic of cryptozoology only because um, there are so many wonderful and cool things that we are discovering on a daily basis. Why, sure. Why muddy the waters with... Um, with, with truly just making shit up or or denying things like like if there's a mermaid let's get it let's see it let's find it and I'm, then let's I, let her go back and swim peacefully and not conduct a lot of experiments on her oh yeah for sure yeah. I didn't mean it I didn't mean like let's, let's get her let's get her I just meant like pitchforks that would be amazing right or if there's a centaur or a minotaur or whatever for it is sure. like that would be fucking awesome yeah that said like um it just it just bothers me that it's like why can't you why can't we all just work together instead yeah. of like it, and I think especially the thing that you read out like it needs controversy in order for it to be considered cryptozoology is really annoying it, it just it just shows that like they there's there's a real there's a real 
want and need out there for uh, mystical animals and, and interesting things. And right. the fact that, like, that alone, by saying that it has to be controversial, is like, okay, cool, we just want to perpetuate horseshit rather than prove that something could actually be. Right. Well, well, let me say this. Um, and I'm, like, I've kind of alluded to this a little bit a couple times this episode, and I, I'm not going to give a lot of information, but I've had um, a bit to drink today, so I'm a little bit freer in my words than I might normally be about this because it's something that I don't like to discuss on the show. Not because I'm uh, ashamed in any way. Um, I'm actually very quite proud of it, but I have a relation to the UFO world and um, so much, like I grew up with that. And so much of that part of it is like, cons- he would be very disappointed in me for saying this, but it's conspiracy theories against the government and, um, you know, the theories of like, it's all a cover up and the government is keeping this from us. And so I think there's, there's some, yeah. some of that in this universe as well, which is why I think cryptozoology gets lumped in with ufology, um, is because they think that like the science world and the government is probably trying yeah. to like protect us or keep these things from us for whatever reason. So I, I think there's probably a little bit of that. And again, it kind of goes back to like what you were saying, where like some of these people are probably a little bit off somewhat as well. Like, you know, maybe some people have had an experience, they've seen something and it's been life changing for them. And they're trying to like, we've talked about it before with like Mothman and like, these are regular people who see something and they're like, I know I saw something. I'm not losing my mind. And then they probably, you know, go down that rabbit hole trying to, like, find the answer. But then there are other people who want the controversy. They want, like, they want the spectacle. They want to sensationalize it. So it, it's it's tough for me because <laughs> I've seen the other side of it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so, man. Yeah, so there's there's a lot, like, this is kind of like, we just scratched the surface of cryptozoology. This is kind of more of, like, the high level of it. Um, but yeah, I, we'll go in someday and hit uh, yeah, a lot of these things. I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about Mothman already. We've talked about Goatman. We, you know, there's so many things. We could probably do a deeper dive, but I felt like it was good to give that overview. Yeah, dude. It's it's a it's a world that we don't understand. We don't necessarily agree with, but it's fascinating. It's I mean, fun. I, I appreciate it in theory. I think what I uh, where I get into a confounding moment, and I, I'm going to stop saying this, and then we're going to end this episode. Where I get into a confounding moment for myself is that the want outweighs logic, and anytime I see that happening, whether it's with ghosts or whether it's whether whatever paranormal thing. And you know how much I love paranormal stuff. Right. But when the want of something to be true outweighs the logic of it is true. Mm -hmm. Red flag. Totally. And that goes for anything. Totally. It goes for truly goes for anything. It goes for like uh, uh, magical mathematics (laughs) when people are trying to balance a budget. It goes for um, any sort of, uh, you know, <clears throat> biblical literal literalism. Let's say, it, it, like when, when uh, uh, the want for something to be true outweighs the proof that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I find issue with it. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the flip side of that is it's got to be devastating to the, these folks oh, when sure. they learn that this thing is not true because they've devoted so much of their lives yeah. to this. And that's heartbreaking. But also why? I mean, I... Sure, for sure. Like, I get it. Certain people are more invested, but, like, I... I think it's... But, I don't know, Let's just say life is, life is so infinitely interesting that you could find something else to be interested find in. Find a new hobby. Yeah, that's not like a dick, but, I mean, like... Um, you and I know, I mean, I love, I, I love going out and, and, uh, looking for ghosts and right. sitting around and hoping ghosts come and they don't, and that's fine. And, uh, where I sit there and I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm completely closed off. I will go and I will look at this nice architecture oh God. and I'm like, nothing. I want nothing to do with this. I'm so open. I'm like, Come to me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I think, yeah. It's, but I'm not heartbroken when they don't. It's just either, no. either they're not there or well, we it are, wasn't their night. We are very different people than these some of these folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope they find their peace, whatever it is. Me too. And I hope they start to believe in climate change because uh, the only thing scarier than uh, a mythical creature is uh, our... Real life world um, in peril. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> with that, <laughs> I think that's all the time we have. Um, Noel Schmidt, what are you drinking this evening? Oh, uh, tonight I'm drinking Paringa Sparkling Shiraz. Add some bubbles to your red. Paringa. Awesome. I'm drinking Krosheneda. It's a session IPA. Oh, gosh, I need I'm Maplewood. I love that um, name so much. We are High Spirits. I am Jay Stegman. This is... Noel Schmidt. We love talking about ghosts and cryptozoology. <laughs> and Noel has one last terrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams. <laughs>